You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Rise and shine, Giants fans. Welcome to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast of the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, my sidekick, Mike the Cranky Fan. How's it going, Grump? We are about 48 hours away from kickoff against our good old friends, the Cowboys, in that house of horrors I call Jerry World, where every time one of my teams play there, we get our asses kicked. So hopefully we can... Or at least every time I'm there to see it, we get our asses kicked. So hopefully we can we can change that trend on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, are you going to be there? I am not going to be there. I took my lumps last Saturday at Jerry World watching the Gators get destroyed. So I will be on my couch. I will be actually on my way down to Florida for the Florida-Northern-Colorado game and racing out of there before the hurricane gets me. So All right, well then I'll be on the, my couch. There's hope this week, Giants fans. Yeah, you won't get a super pissed off cranky fan. So. <laughs> All right. Um, just a reminder to follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud and follow us on Twitter for anything in between that might pop up before or after a podcast airs. Um, I'm at football underscore grump and the podcast is at just giants pod. And I am at the cranky fan. And as a real public service, you need to follow the grump during games. He does a fantastic job of live tweeting you know i'm not sure how good he will be we're in the stands for the uh, the opener or whatever but uh i do know it does a fantastic job so you do need to give him a follow um yeah i would appreciate any follows i'm definitely there to answer any questions too i have i've gone back and forth with a couple people um during the preseason um during the regular season game it, it, if i'm at the game is going to be a little difficult because i don't have the benefit of replay um, and things like that to help me out with analyzing what I just saw. Obviously, I don't have the benefit of the announcers. Have, so. And I'll also have three or four Jameson and Cokes in them also. So. Yeah. <laughs> but but what you will get on those days, I promise, is a much more emotional grump. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually a jolly guy when we win. but He's the happiest soul, but when we lose, oof, yeah. a train is a brutal ride. Straight back to the bar. Um, <laughs> So you won't have to worry about that this weekend. Um, I will be at a bar watching this one um, with drinking. Where can hand. they? Where can they find you, Grump? If they want to watch along with you. <laughs> oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> not not quite yet. Um, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Wait 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 till you've you've seen the Grump in action before you decide you want to come watch the game with me. <laughs> um, I don't want any. I don't want to scare anybody. Gotcha. <laughs> Especially on an Al Michaels game. Oh, over under for how many times they try to blow Jason Witten for is it every catch, every other catch, every time they show him, you know, I'm going to say just, he won't even have to catch it. I think even if he drops it, there'll be a note about how rarely he drops a pass. Well, let me tell you something about Witten. OK, yeah. future Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, it's coming. Oh, man. The worst. I know that one. That one bugs you because it's always Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth that are up Jason Witten's butt. But Al Michaels does this thing where he refers to two yards as a deuce. I don't know where that comes from. That's not well because you, you know why? Because the giant offense running game was so bad last yeah. year. Getting two yards looked like a deuce. Yeah. So actually, getting two yards on a run looked like a golden nugget. But 
I mean, Chris Collinsworth is so frustrating because he knows his shit. Yeah. I mean, he's he's probably the fastest analyst there is for for analyzing what twenty two guys are doing, what they're doing. He's just a you know just annoying. He's kind of he's a little bit of a brown noser and just he's got that little bit of a cockiness. Now, I'm going to preface by saying he's a Gator, so he gets a, he gets a pardon from me. But uh, and Al Michaels is just that big name voice. You know, as far as you know, I was a little kid. You know, with the you know the 80 Olympics and everything. He's got that big voice, but. Always has to have the last word. You know, somebody tells a joke, he has to have a joke right after. So, you know, people, we're creatures of habit. We hear the voices. We're like Pavlov's dog. We know that means it's time for a big game. And Giants-Cowboys week one on a Sunday night is a big game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people enjoy it. I know we complain about it a lot on here, but that's our job. We're grump and cranky. So. We bitch. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do. But, you know, it gets it gets the weekend started. Everybody seems to enjoy it, you know, outside of these two teams. So who are we to complain? Well, the, the ratings will be monster. They'll be enormous. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of things to keep in mind here. I guess we'll start off with the biggest thing. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension was upheld, and yet because the decision wasn't made by the deadline, he will play week one. Is that correct? That's a yeah, that's correct, and that is horseshit. I mean, that's basically <laughs> like a president, you know, not vetoing a bill, just putting the bill in his, you know, in his uh, his desk drawer and just leaving, so it doesn't become a law. I mean, it's ridiculous how you have this entire off season and you can't get a ruling on it. it it's beyond me. It just stinks to high heaven. And I guess you can't say, you know, the league plays favorites and they're looking for ratings because Tom Brady missed four games last year. But it's but just he also it's, played a whole year in between. That's true too. But you know, it it, it sucks for the Giants. Uh, you know, again, you can look at it the other way too. Is he was contained pretty well in the two games we played him last year. So, well, I mean, I, I know you're going to say it sucks for the Giants and whatever, but you know, it, it it's unfair to the Cowboys, and it's unfair to every team that has to play them for the first seven weeks because. Not having a decision in place and not knowing what you're going up against is 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 a crime. You know, it's everything is so limited and you have to act on your feet in this league that certainties should just be certainties. When you hand out a Wait. suspension, it should just be it. There should be no uncertainty. The Cowboys should know, okay, our players suspended for six games. That's it. We need to come up with a strategy. Well, in that case, I think the Giants make out better than anybody else because they've had, you know, months and months and months to prepare for this game yeah you know if you're the week two or week three opponent you know you start getting into week by week game planning mode and that's when it gets a little you know a little dicey a little screwy yeah i mean it's just i don't think i care so much that he's playing that doesn't really bother me all that much i just think the indecision and the the sheer ineptitude it's like palpable like i get the notification on my phone and i read this story and i like feel the stupidity it's just it's just the NFL. Dumb. The NFL for having hand on the union, where unlike baseball, where the union completely has hand on you know the owners and everything, they sure seem to screw a lot of things up. I mean yeah. things like this. It's especially with this whole you know the the domestic uh, battery you know situation where they can't have any consistency. You know they just look foolish every time when these situations come up. And, and it's no surprise that the the logo is literally the word NFL written in red tape, right? Yeah. 
all these decisions seem to be, you know, red tape things where things get caught up for weeks on end and then they rush a decision, but they still can't make the effing deadline. So it's just so stupid. It's just it just seems like a debacle all the time. Yeah, especially when the union screwed up by giving the commissioner the final power, you know, and the final say of things to be, you know, judge, jury and executioner. But, well, you know, you know, they you can say that they screwed up for it, but just eat it. Just eat that loss. They, they fight this every time. Well, oh, it's unfair that he has this. Yeah, but you agreed to it. So how yeah. are you suddenly going to bitch and moan about it and then literally but, legally fight it? Well, it sounds like Tom Brady. I mean, he tried to fight it and they said, no, it's binding arbitration. You guys agree to it. And that's the way it is. It's just silly. Um, I understand it's a raw deal for the players, and I understand the situation in the lockout where the season was coming up close. The fans were getting on everybody's case to come up with a deal, um, and that's there was why a lot of changed, pressure. But you know, that's why they changed uh, leadership at the players' association. Yeah, you know they they get hosed on a on a routine basis by the owners. The owners got them. You know, it's at some point they are going to push through an eighteen game schedule. I think the owners have more power. Yeah. In any event, um, the Giants will have to prepare for Ezekiel Elliott. Um, before we get into that, um, the impact that's going to have on the game, we should go over you know some injuries that we should watch. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, the biggest one is Odell Beckham um, and his ankle sprain. Uh, so far this week, obviously, the, the practices are closed off to the media, everything except warm-ups. He's warmed up, but that means nothing. He has no wrap on his ankle, but that also means nothing if it's a high ankle sprain. What do you think? I think he's playing. Oh, he's definitely this a, playing. This yeah. this is a guy that's been proven over time where he's gone through – was it his rookie year where he didn't practice at all for like five, six weeks and just played? Yeah, and then scored a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean – I, I think he's going to play. I think he'll be fine. I think they're just used. There. I think uh, McAdoo's just kind of drawing this out to kind of make it. You know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But I think he's going to play. I think he's all right. I think he's probably around eighty-five percent. Um, I think you're right in that this is a bit of a strategy tactic to mm-hmm. have people like wonder what what percentage he's going to be at if he goes out there or if he's playing at all, and then he's going to go out there and fire up to near a hundred percent. I think that's right, my. I thought. agree. That's my thought too. Um, another one to watch is Keenan Robinson. I don't think he's going to be playing this week because he still hasn't made it out of the concussion protocol. It's getting pretty late in the week. Um, and I think even if he makes it out of the concussion protocol at this point, they're just going to give him the extra week. He's been in that concussion protocol now for almost five weeks. That's a long stretch. So it's a long time. I, the thought of him coming out of the concussion protocol and being ready to play in you know a couple of days seems very remote to me. Yeah. And he might, he might be not seeing the field for quite a while until he's ready. It's certainly possible. Um, if there's one game where we don't really need him as much, it's going to be the uh, the power run game, Dallas Cowboys. So right. I, I don't think it's going to be a huge harm or foul. You know? And also, you can't blame a guy for a concussion, so I, I sure. won't. Right. Um, a really big one to watch... Uh, mainly because we're talking about um, a power run game is Jay Bromley still dealing with, a, I believe, a knee issue. Um, I'm thinking he's playing, but he's probably not starting, which is a bummer because he had such a good preseason. Exactly. No, it's a, it's a tough break. It's his opportunity to jump into the starting rotation after, you know, being a backup last year. And, you know, you got to sit in a game against, you know, you really test yourself going against, a, you know, a great offensive line and, and Ezekiel Elliott. So 
Sucks for him. Yeah, I think we're still going to be okay. Robert Thomas is really good against the run. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson is just just a monster coming out of college. I, I think Jay Bromley will go in for a spell. I think a lot of times we'll have an extra defensive end play defensive tackle next to Snacks. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're okay again, but it's an injury to watch. We we did a good job last year against them. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know what the, the, the final numbers were with Ezekiel, but it weren't that great. <laughs> Yeah. No, the week one I believe he had fifty yards. Yeah. On on the ground. Yeah. I, I don't I believe all purpose he had more than that, but mm-hmm. um a big one to watch is definitely gonna be Eli Apple and his ankle situation. Yeah, what's the latest with him? Um he says that he has confidence in both of his ankles. That's pretty much it. I mean, without the media's access and with Ben McAdoo being just as tight lipped as Bill Belichick, we're just gonna have to see it to believe it and you know think that's just the way it's going to have to be going forward well you know getting cockerel really helps now you know it helps with some of that depth that we were we've been concerned about all offseason and training camp so yeah we'll have to see and drc's you know diversity he's his ability to play outside and in the slot is definitely helpful mm-hmm. definitely um, and then you know two guys to watch brandon marshall i think is fine he had a bit of a shoulder from i think week one <laughs> of the preseason one or two yeah, yeah. Um, and Tavares King, ankle injury. I don't know that it really matters. They might not give him a shirt, you know, just because I don't think they need it for this game. Yeah, but now you're talking three of the six wide receivers have some sort of, you know, varying degrees of being nicked up. So. Definitely true. Yeah. Something and, that something to kind of keep an eye on where, you know, you start getting into depth issues or some guys get banged up more and have to sit out for a play or a series or a quarter. So, yeah. Um, some Cowboys out. Anthony Hitchens. Uh, that's that's kind of a big one for them. Linebacker uh, had to get surgery. He's out for quite a number of weeks. Former Giant Demontre Morris, uh, he's been suspended for something yeah. he did last year with the Seahawks. I believe a Peds violation. I can't yeah. quite remember, or maybe it's just a just drug related. But either way, uh, he's serving a four game suspension. <laughs> he's been a mess. I mean, he really has been. Yeah. I'm not really sure what the the answer was for him because in college he was a sack machine. Um, I think he just, you know, he didn't take it seriously when he got to the NFL. I think that's all it was is that he really thought he wasn't going to have to put in 100% effort. And it hit Mm. him kind of hard. Leonard Fournette syndrome, it sounds like. Well, we'll see about that. Yeah. He's he's, he's the one who said, you know, the NFL is, is pretty easy so far so well he still has a chance to uh show that he's just he's not just saying that but he's gonna Mm -hmm. look like a damn fool when uh he's already on the jaguars i mean he made it hard enough for himself (laughs) i don't think that was his choice no definitely not that's why it's called a draft (laughs) all right so what i I, we got some matchups to watch here and uh i'll start with this one and you know you can go back but uh yeah. Based on what I said about Ezekiel Elliott and why I don't really care whether or not he plays, is that the real matchup here, and this is what the team has been saying too, but truly what I believe is the matchup to watch here is the Giants' defensive line and Dallas's offensive line. This is strength against strength, and it's going to come down to who wins this. It doesn't matter if Alfred Morris or Darren McFadden or me or Ezekiel Elliott is running behind that line. It's going to start and end at the line. I know Absolutely. Zeke is a better running back than all of the people I mentioned, but well, you're you're pretty good. I, I'm you know I'm not bad. I I run when somebody says pizza, and I'm there, <laughs> first one online. But in, in all serious note, serious this note though, 
uh, Ben McAdoo said it best, and he said all running backs run the same when there's nowhere to run. And mm-hmm. that's the truth. And that's what this team has built for the defensive line, and that's the purpose of this defensive line, stop the run first and force them to throw into a great secondary. Yeah. All the pieces are there, and I think that's why – that's how you saw us beat Dallas last year. You know, Dak Prescott, for all the, the, the good record and everything and how efficient they were, still one of the most overrated players in the league last year. Oh, for you sure. Know, for, yeah. for what he what he did relative to the success of the rest of the team and what the different – you know, the offensive line and everything brought, very overrated in my book. I didn't say he sucks. I just think, you know, all of a sudden say he's, you know – one of my top five fantasy quarterbacks are just, you know, that's, let's, let's not get crazy. Just that's outrageous. Yet. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it, it was almost our, like, put him on our offensive line and see how good he is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, that's just a syndrome of being the quarterback on a successful team, you know, or a famous team. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, yeah. I think probably both, uh, you know, um, he'd certainly get enough scrutiny being on a famous team that didn't perform. So, right. But you right, know. right place, right time. You know, made. It's hard to believe that we're just a year out from you know Tony Romo having a concussion and and Dak having to play, and you know Tony Romo is like a distant memory at this point. Yeah, uh, is he broadcasting now? What's going on with that? He is the number one guy. He replaced, I believe. Did he replace Sims? I think I don't he replaced know. Phil Sims for CBS. Oh, you're right. Yeah. What do you think about that? No idea. <laughs> well, Phil Sims, you know, I think, I think his time has has come to uh, be to move on from being a number one color commentator. I uh, couldn't tell you the first thing about Tony Romo, the announcer. Yeah. So hopefully he had some insights and makes the game interesting. Yeah, um, I wasn't a big fan of Sims on the air personally in games. Just not a very exciting guy. Well, the only thing I liked really about him was the fact that he owned up to making mistakes. Sure. And he would say, "That's my that's my bad. I I I caught the wrong guy." Problem is, he started making little too many mistakes, and just uh, you know, some simsisms were a little boring and, and drab. So, yeah, um, Dallas's linebacking core versus the Giants' uh, skill position players at tight end, especially, but also running backs out of the backfield and wide receivers. Um, Sean Lee, obviously an all-pro player when he's healthy, definitely <laughs> a force in the middle when he's healthy, which is almost never, but last year was like the first time I remember him ever being healthy. And, exactly. <laughs> and former Notre Dame first round for second round pick maybe, uh, Jalen Smith was an absolute monster and suffered a really, really unfortunate, devastating knee injury um, where he had numbness. Like there was some fear that he may not walk, you know. Ugh, awful. Yeah, um, but is finally playing, and you know, obviously, you're not going to expect the world from him. But he was an athletic freak at Notre Dame, so I think you're going to see a lot of different wrinkles in this offense you didn't see last year. And you know, the Cowboys they can prepare and prepare and prepare, but you know, how much film do they have of an effective tight end, or <laughs> you know, a, a seam route, or even you know, passing out of the the backfield that was you know halfway efficient. So you know, it's a little bit of a mystery what this Giants offense is going to be or what. You know, McAdoo wants to do with it now that he has you know a better complement of um, skill position players. Yeah, I think normally if Evan Ingram had a little bit more work with Eli Manning and their timing, I would say this would be a breakout game for him just based on the matchup. Um, mm-hmm. this well, Dallas, you never know. The, the Dallas defense is not really built in its secondary, so 
you have to imagine that safeties are going to be spending most of their time helping their corners with Beckham, Marshall, and Shepard. And that leaves the linebackers alone with somebody like Evan Ingram, who's an athletic freak. Um, I would normally say, if I had seen something to prove it, I would say this is Evan Ingram's game. This is the matchup to watch. But since we haven't, I mean, we can just divert to the millions of other things like Sterling Shepard over the middle, Shane Vereen out of the backfield, Paul Perkins out of the backfield, Rhett Ellison being a factor I really think might be a thing. Um, I think it's definitely something to watch. If the if the Cowboys can use their linebackers effectively and shut that part down, it's going to be much harder game for the Giants. I feel like Rhett Ellison is going to be like a fan favorite type of guy where – you don't think about him as like who your main weapons and stuff, and all of a sudden he's going to be, you know, the guy out of the backfield who's making like the critical third down catches and something. Jake like he's going to be like, yeah, like one of those just real security blanket guys that, you know, lunch pail type of guy that people are going to love. So the, the, the sure-handed Jason Witten, <laughs> let me uh, future Hall of Famer Jason <laughs> Witten. <laughs> Whose voice is that? That's supposed to be a Collinsworth. Oh. I've just uh, morphed it into wow. a simple. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> you got to get that little North Florida thing going where your mouth exaggerates what you're saying. Oh, God. But we seriously digress here. Yeah. Um, and the last matchup I have, I mean, this is going to be a game all around, obviously, being a division game and being two the, the two finalists for number one and two in the division last year. But... You know, the return of Des Bryant and Janoris Jenkins is definitely going to be something that the media is going to make a big deal out of. Um, I guarantee you there's going to be some pre-animated Sunday night promo where they go over how Jenkins shut down Des last year. Mm-hmm. You know, if I said Dak was the most pretty overrated last year, I don't think there's anybody more overrated than Des Bryant for the the percentage of hype per catch has to lead the league. Yeah. You know, when he came into the league, you know, as that guy from Oklahoma State that did the punt returns and he was all electric and, you know, I legitimately was like, oh, man, the Cowboys really got somebody. Uh, and then I, I just – I'm just not afraid of him, you know? I mean, in the red zone, certainly, and he's definitely the guy you've got to watch for. But he's I've not never seen Calvin a, Johnson, I've never, you know? I've never seen a big-time talent get more lost in an offense than he does. Yeah. I mean, there's stretches, you know, you go three quarters, it's like, oh, yeah, don't they have that big receiver? You just completely forget about him. I mean, how often do you see guys like Calvin Thompson, the, the, you know, the, the, the big – or Odell Beckham just get lost? Like, you know, no routes thrown their way or anything. It, it never happens with guys like that. No. But for him, it seems like he just gets – he just sort of disappears. Yeah. And and if Beckham isn't getting thrown to, there's always a stat at the bottom by the the middle of the first quarter, like oh no no targets yet, right? You know what I mean? Like it's definitely a story if somebody like Calvin Johnson or Odell Beckham, you know, isn't getting targeted. Larry Fitzgerald, Des Bryant, Des Bryant doesn't have a catch until the third quarter, and it's like oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Des Bryant oh, no, for a minute. Stop. <laughs> Let's not. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something that I'm gonna want to watch for. Both of those guys are itching to build on last year. Des, there, there was a bit of a war of words, I believe, over Twitter. I, I don't know, over social media or just through the media or something um, between the two of them. And, you know, I, I'm sure a guy like Des doesn't like the way he performed at all against the Giants last year and would like to make that better. Janoris Jenkins is very proud of the way he handled Des Bryant last year and, uh, you know, would like to build on that. So 
And, you know, Janoris Jenkins, for what it's worth, was not the guy who came out of college with all sorts of hype, you know? No, he – well, the story with Janoris Jenkins was he was a holdover from the Urban Meyer regime going into Will Muschamp in Florida. And he had a pot issue or something, got suspended, and Muschamp said, okay, I'll give you another chance. And he got busted again, and then he threw him off the team. And he ended up, I think, at South Alabama for mm-hmm. the one year before he went pro. Yeah, so there was definitely – they knew he had talent, but he wasn't exactly like Des Bryant where it was like this electric punt returner and – No, he was um, a very – he was definitely the lineage of Florida cornerbacks, which goes, you know, let's work our way backwards from Vernon Hargraves to Joe Hayden to all these guys. He's definitely one of those guys in that mold of yeah. great well, – that's why we're DBU, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so – He's definitely a guy who – and then you know he wound up with the Rams, which was – you know he did he never really did poorly there. But it, the team was just so bad that not much was made yeah. of it until he became a free agent. They're like, oh, you know, this guy is due for a payday. And the Giants yeah. gave him a great big payday and he repaid them in kind. So, Oh, my god. Yeah. I mean just him and Vernon and Snacks was – you know, I, I can't think of a, of a, of a, tan, of a, of a trio – of high-paid free agents that all kicked ass. Yeah. I mean, just just what it, a team needed. No busts in that group at all. Well, you know, if, if you're thinking the Miami Heat, then. Yeah, um, there you go. But, yeah, uh, those are the matchups I've got to watch. Do you have any other besides those? You know, I think those are the big things. I mean, just, you know, I, the, the, our defensive line is going to be the biggest thing to see how we can handle that. Uh, let's see, you know. Let's see how we run the ball. You know, I, I think this is going to be a game. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a pretty quick game. A lot of running, you know, moving moving the chains and stuff. We we got to start being able to see us on third and one, you know, getting first downs. We we got to see in the fourth quarter, you know, getting those extra yards, getting more first downs, keeping the defense off the field if we can. If I recall the game, um, I was at the opener two years ago when we lost in Dallas, and I remember it being pretty hot and steamy in that dome. And the defense just you know welted down in the fourth quarter because the offense couldn't do anything. Yeah. Time possession was ridiculous. So we gotta kind of you know keep the defense off the field as good as they are because you know they will wilt. Yeah, and you know this this podcast didn't exist two years ago, but you can attest to the fact that I've always said that one of the biggest hindrances to the mediocre defense and making it terrible was simply that the offense could not get them off the field. Yeah, especially that one in 2015. I mean, there was that stretch that first four or five games that year where we blew late leads, and why did we blow it? The Look offense at the time didn't possession. get first downs. Yeah, couldn't couldn't run the ball and couldn't do much of anything. And two years ago, did Beckham play in that game? Or yeah, he played. He uh... no, you no, yeah, he played. He did play in that one. Okay, yeah, of course. The only games that he didn't play in at all was the suspension against the Vikings and the first couple weeks of his rookie year, which was the year before. That doesn't confuse that his rookie year or not, but no, that was his second year. Yeah. What's your prediction? You're you're outlining how you think it's going to go with a lot of running in a quick game. Let's hear your prediction. I I expect a low-scoring game. You know, I don't think this is going to be a shootout by any stretch. Uh, First of all, I don't think the Cowboys' offense is built for a shootout. Um, Solid defense all around. I I, I think we're going to win this game. Let's go with seventeen fourteen. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a thriller. I think it's going to be close. And I think it's going to be 20 to 17 Giants. Giants, yeah. Yeah. Definitely going to be a lot of field goals. Dan Bailey is an excellent kicker. Dallas only has to get close. I think the Giants are still going to struggle a little bit in the red zone um, as they get their feet wet. There hasn't been a ton of consistency shown in the preseason, so there's nothing to lead me to believe that we're going to suddenly be efficient in the red zone. But but we also haven't seen that much of Brandon Marshall in the red zone. We haven't seen much of anything. That's fair enough. That's a huge – that's basically why we brought him in. Yeah, you know, no, I, I agree. That big target in the red zone. I think. I think early on, though, there's going to be a couple drives the Giants have that just stall in the in the red zone or something like that. That'll lead to some early field goals, and then we'll translate to touchdowns later in the game. And I think the Giants win a nice nail biter, twenty to seventeen. Your lips to the football gods' ears. <laughs> All right, Giants fans, enjoy your weekend. College football is tomorrow, and. Your Sunday kickoff is 1 o'clock for the NFL's week one. Uh, finally. Start the adventure between now and the beginning of February. So hopefully we will have the the Super Bowl post-game wrap-up podcast from uh, Minneapolis with the two of us. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, Ticker Tape Parade podcast. Exactly. I think we'll be one of the uh, – me, you, and uh, Craig Carton together in a, in a car going down Broadway. <laughs> sure. all right guys please be sure to follow us on itunes and leave a rating helps us out a bunch uh you can follow us on soundcloud as well if you find that to be easier um again you can follow us on twitter for live tweets during games and just any sort of breaking news that happens um i'm at football underscore grump and the podcast is at just giants pod and i am at the cranky fan all right guys We'll see you at the game. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.